Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Grey's Academy with your two favorite millennial podcast hosts in the whole world. I am Kelsey. And I am Carmen, and I... <laughs> a millennial, what a fucking way to introduce ourselves. Uh, and it's a beautiful day to podcast. It's Grey's Academy. It's I us. Hello. I think about it because... Have you heard of the millennial pause? Have you heard of this phenomenon? Uh, no. So it's this phenomenon, mostly on like social media and anything where you record because millennials, because like recording and technology really like kind of developed more with us versus um, these Gen Zers, like it's been around with them. So there's this thing where basically if a millennial is filming something, there's like a teeny bit of a lag before they will like start talking versus a Gen Z, like it's like goes right away because they know that the video um, technology can keep up and our generation. We're like, we got to give it a second to warm up. So every time we start, <laughs> I like look at it and I'm like, I'm not going to millennial pause. I am going to go as soon as it starts. Oh, I love it. Also, it is, it is weird to think about. I was just having a conversation about floppy disks the other day. Um, and like, I didn't have any in my home, but I use them at school. And I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of all, all the technology that we've seen in our lifetime. It's it is, insane. Bonkers. It is McGee. insane. Um, uh, millennials, we're traumatized in so many ways, yet okay. healed in so many ways. We're fine. We're fine. fine. Everything's fine because you know why? Because we have Grey's Anatomy to get us through. It's true. And also, there's another reason, but you should ask me that question that I told you you should ask me about. Is it milkshakes? Do milkshakes get you It's through? milkshakes. Look. Hey, you got one. I got well, a milkshake. I made one. Uh, My wish came true. Your wish came true. It did. I, uh, so we were, we were texting back and forth and, uh, Kelsey was like, can you stop yelling at me? And I was like, I would maybe stop yelling at you if you just fucking delivered a milkshake to my house or made, made a, help me get a milkshake maker in my home. And, uh, she said I made a wish and I was like, oh, you know what? This is a good opportunity for me to just go, just go make one. So wish came true and it's uh cookies and cream. And, uh, I put it in a blender bottle so I could feel healthy, you know? Yeah, so you can feel like it's a protein shake. Yeah, it's pretend just ice cream. It's pretend it's a protein shake. There's some protein in dairy, and dairy is the main ingredient in milkshake. You can't spell milkshake without milk. That that is technically true. You can't spell milkshake without milk. Anyways, shake. Anyways, welcome back, everyone. It's going to be a little bit different today, but before we explain that, do you want to tell people what they should do when uh, they're listening to our podcast and where they listen to our podcast? Yeah. Um, if you guys have a second to leave us a review or a rating, we'd appreciate it. We see that. Um, we're seeing them go up. I, w- I do want to say, I don't know if this is true, but I am unsure if on Apple Podcasts we see reviews left by people in other countries. I could be wrong. But I'm almost certain that if that they they only show in that country that you're in. It used to be that way. I don't know if it's still that way. So if you are listening from another country and I know we do have listeners all over the world, which is still mind blowing and amazing. And thank you. If you are listening and you have left a review, please know that we're not ignoring you. We just can't see it. Um, If you want us to see it or read it on the show, you can email us at graysacademypod at gmail.com. But I'm pretty sure that they only show up for the country that you're in. So Interesting. I, I had no idea that was ever a thing. That, 
I don't remember where I heard it recently, but I did. So I'm not positive. I could be wrong, but I know it was true at one point. So I just want people to know that we're not like ignoring them if they've left us, left us a review. Um, and to those who have left us reviews, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, we are the first person that comes up if you search Grace on Apple Podcasts, which is so cool. We've had a wild amount of streams. That's really helping us um, a lot um, and helping new people find us. So we really appreciate it. And if you guys could just keep sharing us on your socials, we appreciate it. And, and tag us ya. at Grey's Academy yeah. Pod on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Do all it. All the things. And yeah, so we're going to be this episode uh, was hard for me. Was this hard for you? This was hard for me. I was not looking forward to watching it because I obviously knew what was going to happen. And I haven't watched um, this since I've had children. This episode was hard to watch. And also, everyone, just so you know, we're doing something a little bit different today. We're going to go a little bit free form. Um, Kelsey was texting me earlier today while, uh, coincidentally, I was working out and I was drinking out of a blender bottle and it was real protein in there at the time. And uh, she's like, hey, let's uh, just say fuck it. Let's just do some wild ass shit and we're just going to talk about the episode as opposed to going scene by scene. Uh, so make sure to email us or message us. Well, message Kelsey, email Kelsey, um, yeah. uh, not me at the risk of spoilies. But uh, let us know what you think. We're going to, I think, maybe do a couple episodes just kind of freeform like this. Let us know what you yeah. think. Let us know if you like it more or not. Um, and also do want to look at the last seven days. We have a new top ten entry. Uh, our friends in Botswana, shout out. Uh, they are number one, two, three, four, five, six in our top 10. So, uh, definitely want to shout you guys out. Thanks for joining us. Grays is clearly uh, beloved all over the world and it is truly remarkable. So with that being said, yes, this was a hard episode to watch now being a parent. Um, and also like, I know so many people who have struggled with drug addiction in their life. And I also knew a lot of, uh, uh, unfortunately a lot of drug dealers. So, uh, it's just looking at that through a different lens in this episode yeah. is, is obviously very challenging. Yeah, this, the, the city I live in, uh, so fun, for a long time was like the number one meth producer in the country for some reason. There's just a lot of people here making meth. I don't know why. but uh, That is weird. Yeah, it was a really random thing. We also, in the 90s, had the highest, <laughs> this is another, another uh, jewel in our crown, uh, the highest high school dropout rate due to teen pregnancy. <laughs> Mm. Mm. I don't in know Chattanooga specifically. Are, yes, I don't know if either of those are still true, but it was Hamilton County. Those that was the situation. So that's fun. I don't know. I don't know. Just fun, fun facts about your hometown. You know, so good. Yeah. Well, you so. escaped both. You escaped. We also invented the moon pies. So, which God bless. Mm-hmm. We love a moon pie and little uh, Debbie. You ever, you ever stick Debbie's. a moon pie in the microwave for like four and a half seconds and just? Oh, let Melty. that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to work at a, I used to work at Bass Pro and uh, what? We used to sell moon. Well, it's a long, I didn't work, I wouldn't, I worked inside of Bass Pro for a company called Blue Green and I would sell timeshare vacations. 
like you'd walk underneath the bridge towards the fishing supplies and I would be there going. I am distraught that you have never told me this before. <laughs> yeah. I thought I knew all the stupid places you worked. No, there's like a whole chapter of my life that I think that you've never, never even heard. We're in a fight. Ugh. Oh, we have to cancel. This, this is really good content for right now. All right. <laughs> podcast. Gray's Anatomy. Gray's Academy. Gray's Anatomy Academy. Yes. Imagine Let if that just. was the name of our podcast. What Grey's if we named Anatomy our podcast? Academy. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy Academy. Push. Uh, okay. This is. We're doing great, everyone. It's glad Please. to have you. We're glad to have you here. Second episode of the fourth season, the 63rd episode overall, and it is entitled Love Addiction or Love Backslash Addiction. Uh, I'm going to preface this with this song sucks. This is like oh. not a good <laughs> it's, it's it's not a good song. Um, I did not download this to iTunes. Uh, I do not like it. Sam, I am. I do not <laughs> like green eggs and ham. Uh, okay, so this is by uh, Morris Day and. Morris Day uh, seemed to have a weird little bit of success with this album. Not necessarily the the song. The song I was able to find virtually no information about. But the album uh, was Color of Success. And it was released in 1985. It was his debut album. And it charted as high as number 37 on the U.S. Billboard 200. And as high as number 7 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Black album. So I don't know truly how... Uh, how how uh, accurate this information is off off what I was able to find, but uh, it just seemed weird for uh, this song to really have no information about it, and then the album itself reached this high on the on the charts. But uh, anyways, so with that being said, looking at the lyrics. Uh, some of those things, uh, the chorus, he's so blind to defeat. She, uh, brought the man to his knees, sexual. Oh, sometimes you really don't know. So, so blind to defeat. She brought the man to his knees. Oh, baby. Sometimes the world's so cold. Uh, originally listening to this, I thought it was going to be something. I thought there was going to be a lot of flashbacks in this episode to, uh, I don't know why, but I was getting flashback vibes with, um, we were going to get like some Burke and Christina like fighting stuff. And when you, when I was like, when I was like, did, or is Burke going to come back? And you're like, well, I don't know. We will, we'll see. I thought he was going to be back and get a credit for his acting in like flashback scenes to an, to an extent. Uh, that was not the case. And also love addiction obviously is a metaphor around, uh, Meredith and Derek, which is just so this fucking storyline. I just don't get it still. It's just the weirdest, but Anyways, the song was bad. That's what I'm thinking about it. And Morris Day, congrats on putting out an album. On existing. Yeah. That's what Um, I got. Back to you, Kelsey. Thank you so much. This episode was written by Deborah Kahn and directed by James Frawley. It aired October 4th, 2007 to 18.51 million viewers. And the Netflix synopsis is over here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Sorry. What's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> A lot of things just happened, and none of them were very good. I apologize. Carmen, fill for time. 
All right. Well, uh, at the risk of you know, at least your computer's still running, it's not like you lost internet or the computer died. Um, <laughs> I'm ready now. I apologize. Well, no, I'm 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 about to go fill for the rest of the next episode. You don't get to talk anymore. This is just oh. me. This is the Carmen Show. Welcome everyone oh, to God, the Carmen just Show. Closed out their podcast. We lost every single viewer. Nope, nope. Everyone <laughs> came. Really, everyone comes here. Uh, we all know. Never mind. I'm not going to go down that route. Okay. Love it. I was going to make a, a very. Uh, inappropriate sexist joke because it's funny because i'm not sexist but i thought why risk it why risk the negative interpretation (laughs) (laughs) all righty the residents and interns treat the victims of a massive explosion at an apartment building mama burke returns to collect her son's things i feel like that's pretty legitimate mama burke i love her unfortunately i think she's great this is the last episode she is in. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. Womp womp. Did she also use a negative no. slur <laughs> towards someone on set? No longer necessary to the storyline. I guess that's fair. Also, this milkshake is delicious. Good <laughs> job, Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. Oh, my. Okay. <sighs> so let's discuss this episode. Uh, Lexi sucks. Yeah, so I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, right? Because we all I know that Meredith. Nice. I'm just, I just gotta be nice, person. Uh, Meredith is not my favorite person no, in general in this show. Uh, also, this episode is brought to you by Shut the Fuck Up, Izzy and George. I hate oh you both, God. you pieces of shit. Right? I'm so over that shit. Gosh. Oh, you like how I was walking away with conviction? Yeah, I'm so proud. Fuck you. Also, I just thought it was weird that she just sat there the whole time he was like going on and on and she's just like looking. I can I I just like don't I still don't think they have any chemistry. Like literally, <laughs> I was like she's staring at him like a like a proud sibling. Like it's just gross. Listen, incest porn is in right now. This show is just ahead of its That's time. Probably okay. True. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, I was seeing <laughs> oh God, my brother Michael posts a lot of funny uh a funny uh Born. shit on his Facebook, and it's he does not care who he's friends with on Facebook. My grandma could have a Facebook, and he would not change what he posts <laughs> and it was a tweet, and it's like uh leaked memo from Pornhub confirms that almost none of the incest porn is fake. Or real is real. And I'm like, there was just so many comments that were like blowing up the almost part. And it's like, oh, gosh, that's it's just disgusting. Uh, it's really also, unsettling and illegal. Yeah. And illegal. Um, but the Izzy and George thing, I don't. George wants to be a good guy. Well, it's too late for that. He's just not. He's not. (laughs) He already had sex with someone who wasn't his wife. He's just not. And I like, yeah, I I don't like, I didn't really, it didn't really track with me, right? The whole like, whatever with his patient inspiring him to like, be like, I have to tell Callie, I can't be this guy. Like, I don't know. I didn't really follow because, you know, it's always like the mirror of whatever's going on with the patient inspires them to do whatever is necessary in their own life. And I just like, didn't really follow it in this episode. Like how that guy made him be like, no, I can't keep this secret to myself. There was maybe some 
conversation with the Mama Burke scene uh, oh, yeah. that would have tracked more with than, than the patient part. But yeah, the patient didn't do it for me in this. It was it was the Mama Burke uh, where she's like, that's not what does she say? I have to go find this. Gosh, all my notes, all these. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Mama Burke. Who was your favorite Mama Burke? Sit down. I'll tell you who my least favorite was. <laughs> the fucking Derek one. Oh, you're an honorable man. You don't even know him. Well, I actually kind of liked that one because I oh like the realization gosh. that he had where he was like, I'm definitely not an honorable man. And I was like, that's true. You're not. Ugh. Um, okay. Uh, the scene where, hold on real quick. When, when George was saying, when she said staying in a marriage out of obligation, that's no mm-hmm. way to live. That's no way to love. Mm-hmm. That's a great scene. That's a great mm-hmm. quote. Agreed. But that doesn't mean i don't know I, I, if that was his if that was his awakening i don't know but let's see best mama burke scene so we had meredith first where she reads her for filth and she's like so tell me were you utilizing this own moment for yourself or were you <laughs> making a joke what is it are you inappropriate or selfish savage as fuck and then she's like when you report back to christina tell her i'm just gonna be waiting for her and i was like i fucking love this woman mm, podcast like, burp were um, you surprised to, to see her i wasn't surprised no i wasn't surprised to see her uh i was surprised that she got facetime with all of these people one-on-one <laughs> um <laughs> I guess George. I guess her and George is my favorite out of all of them, uh, mm-hmm. because he was also like I-, I was Burke's guy. Yeah. Oh, George O'Malley, Burke's guy, Burke's friend. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Uh, was that your favorite, or was Mer- the Meredith one your favorite? I actually really like the Christina one. If I'm being honest, it was Obviously, good closure. I-, I love a you know I love a Christina moment, but I love the recognition that she that. Um, Burke's mom has where she's like I wish I had been born later and then like maybe I I would want to be like someone like you and I think that's a really vulnerable moment to have with someone who you don't have like the best relationship with to basically be like yeah I've been judging you but the truth is if things had worked out differently I would want to be you and I think that's like a really cool moment and a really nice piece of honesty between the two of them And I also like when she says, I'm sorry that you lost the man you love, but more than that, I'm sorry you lost your teacher. Because again, I think it goes to show how much she really understood Christina, even though their relationship was tenuous and like not great. Uh, She definitely knew who she was. And I, I loved that moment. And it, I mean, I, I truly felt like she was genuinely sorry. Like she wasn't like, sorry, she, she really did feel for her. And I think also what I like about Mama Burke coming back is because obviously Isaiah Washington was not going to be in the show anymore. It gives the audience closure on what happened with him, um, especially when Derek is talking to her because he says, oh, he's not returning my calls anymore. And and he asks how he is. And, and she says, well, he's a gentleman, so he doesn't really want to talk about it, which I think is true to character. But it also kind of just gives some insight that he's just trying to to stay Burke, basically. Which can be challenging uh, no matter how much of a gentleman you are, no matter how good of a person you are. Breaking up on your wedding day 
uh, is hard. Is hard for anyone. And I, yeah, I, I want to say I don't think that it's the wrong thing. Like I don't think it necessarily was like the wrong choice. I do kind of think sometimes you can just go through with the ceremony and then just afterwards be like, I'm not going to sign this paper and we're just not really going to get married because it's embarrassing to then have to go into a church and be like, I've been left at the altar, <laughs> but that's just my thoughts. I mean, but imagine it's really a great option. So no, it's all terrible in, in a best case scenario. You end it before you get to the wedding day. Uh, but imagine doing it all, saying I do, and then, like, everyone's like, oh, man, that wedding was a great time. Oh, yeah, we didn't actually do. Yeah, I guess it's better than you don't have to go back and tell everybody because they were all there and they saw it happen or not happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like, it's not a great scenario either way. It's not. So, there's nothing good about it. But I just, um, I just wanted to say that, like, I do think. I don't want to I don't want to say, oh, Burke's like such a shitty person for leaving her at the altar, because I do think he had that realization. What I do kind of think is questionable is that there's the lead up to that episode where you kind of see both of them starting to question it. And so it's almost like, OK, well, maybe could we have done this earlier? But I I I don't know. I think he really wanted it to be right. They both loved each other. Well, that's, that's the, the, that's not enough. That's the, uh, centuries old question, right? Can you stay with someone that you break up with at the wedding or, uh, like when you propose to someone and they say no, can you stay together? That's insane to think about. And I, even when I was predicting, uh, that they wouldn't get married, but they would stay together. I was having a hard time envisioning what that could look like. And I was just kind of trusting the writers to take the wheel on that one in my prediction. Obviously that particular prediction prediction was wrong. Uh, The first one that I've gotten wrong in this entire show so far. Um, (laughs) uh, But gosh, speaking of marriage bullshit, what the fuck Callie and George, what is going to happen? Yeah. Can you just tell me what happens? Um, they uh, do this show called Grey's Anatomy. I fuck you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, but with with the Christina and uh, Mama Burke thing, last thing I wanted to ask. So, in the beginning of the conversation, she she says something, and Christina's like, "I see." Uh, it made it sound like a weird. Th- Threat? Did I maybe interpret that wrong? It sounded like she was like, um, uh, you could have gotten really far in that field with, uh, with Burke. With him by your side. Something like that. It sounded yeah. like a weird threat. Like he was going to go and shit talk her no, when no, I first I think watched it. she was it. just saying like, because Christina's so talented and because she really wants to be in cardio and because Burke is so like well-renowned in that field that basically like, had he stayed and continued to be her teacher, it's unquestionable that she would have been wildly successful. I don't think she's saying you're not going to be. I think like it was just more of a given that them as a team would have gotten really, really far and done really, really well and been so successful. And it's just like now up in the air because she had like solidified this really incredible mentor. And now in addition to 
Burke not being there as her fiance, husband, boyfriend, whatever. He's there's no head of cardio. So she didn't only lose that teacher. She has no teacher when it comes to cardio right now. And like, she wants to be cardio. She's said that before. So I think it, again, it was a genuine moment of apology between the two of them and an understanding. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was real. I didn't think it was like a veiled threat or sarcasm or anything. Okay. I was, that was just one of those things where not having the full context of the show, not having the benefit of hindsight, I wasn't fully sure. Um, so let's, let's circle back to, uh, the beginning. So we've got, um, the patience, the patience that, uh, or do you want to circle back to the Lexi conversation? Which, which route do you want to go? Um, well, I feel like there was one other thing I was going to say about Mama Burke. And maybe when she was talking to Derek. Oh, yeah, man. Yes. When, when she said, when she asked him, like, do you think Christina actually loved him? And what I also like about it is all of these conversations came before she spoke with Christina. So I think it kind of solidified to her that, like, Christina also wasn't in the wrong as much as she didn't want them to get married. Like Christina still was like Derek said, loving him as best she could, but it wasn't right. Right. It wasn't enough. It, it didn't matter. Um, so. Well then the next yeah. part of that conversation is she asks him, what would, would that be okay with you? Like, would you be all right with that? Yeah. You wouldn't and, have accepted that either or something like that. That wouldn't yeah. have been enough for you either. No. Because you're an honorable man, you would have broken up with her or some shit, whatever she says. Uh, I just don't. That's not the case because we have an entire shitstorm of him and Addison to prove that that's not the case. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little Derek bit bitter is, about that still. Yeah, it's a, Derek is the worst. <laughs> it's fine I just we couldn't go one episode without saying it sometimes there's just nothing else to say except like <laughs> i mean for okay it's just like hard when they compare like the mirror image of their relationship in this episode is illegal drugs Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm like, but we as an audience are still supposed to want them to be together. Like this doesn't make any sense to me from like a writing standpoint. Like, and also it <laughs> kept reminding me of that. Did you ever see Brokeback Mountain? No, I haven't. It's fine. But like, there's the whole, there's a scene where they're like arguing and he's like, I wish I knew how to quit you. And like, that's what it reminded me of. So I'm like, I can't quit you. Like, ooh, whatever. It's just like annoying. Well, you need to remember that there are there are drug addicts that watch the show and you need to cater to that audience too. So Listen, when you when you I just make think it's the an relationship comparison. <laughs> but all the drug dealers out there are going like, I get that. I totally get that. This may this is me. Thank you, Shonda, for speaking to me right now. I'm just like, don't the relationship is bad. That's that's what they are showing me with this metaphor. And also both of them are telling me they're both saying it, that it's bad. Like at the beginning of the episodes when she's like, Oh, you're making fun of my severe emotional ineptitude or whatever it is. She says, you're mocking my severe emotional limitations. Like, okay. So we are both fully aware of our issues and we're going to talk about them, but we're not going to do anything about them. 
Well, yeah, we they're broken up together, now. There's nothing that they need to do to fix it. we have a checklist we can check off. Be like, okay, we can fix X, Y, and Z. We can work on X, Y, and Z to have a successful relationship. We're going to go ahead and not work on those. We're just going to be upset that it's not working out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hate it. I really You just have it. to go with the flow. Just go with the flow, Kelky. I don't Kelsey, Kelky. like the flow of their relationship because it's no. bad. I've given up. At this point, I want all of you listeners to know that I just, I, I I know I've said I've nothinged them, but I think giving up, I'm less than nothing. I'm just, I I don't care. I'm not interested in their storyline. It's not compelling. Be together. Don't be together. Cheat on each other. Go back to Addison. Go back to, you know, Meredith in. can get on, get in on that George action. No, she can go she hook up with- has. Yeah, again, she can, she can go uh hook up with Mark, you know, do whatever do whatever you guys want, be together. It's fine. But writers just do it. <laughs> yeah, just this this particular storyline is just so fucking dumb. Either forgive yeah. each other or stay broken up or find something else to argue. Argue about literally anything else. It's more compelling to watch them talk about Meredith snoring. I well, don't it's just get like this, frustrating this when they like they are both recognizing what the issue in the relationship is and there is a clear path to fix it. But no, like Derek is not saying like, hey, I'll support you um, through like getting the help that you need. Like I will stay with you and be understanding and patient. I just need you to like put in this work and I'm willing to like also go to therapy with you or like do whatever it is you need, like move slowly and like. It's just, and I'm not saying it's all on Derek because this is also on Meredith. Like she would also have to put in a lot of work as well. But like, it's just frustrating to hear them verbalize that they know what these issues are. Like Derek did it in the last episode when he yelled at Mark. Meredith's doing it in this episode. Like it's exhausting. And it's just like, it's not there. It's not an unfixable problem. It's not like, oh, I have to move to Alaska and we'll never see each other again. That's an issue. Yeah. This is not an issue. Like, I mean, it is an issue, but like, it's a solvable problem if you put the work in. So I don't understand why we are supposed to care about their relationship when they don't care enough to do anything about it. I do wonder what the writer's motivation for this particular arc is, because this this has been going on since the fairy episode, and that was midway through season three, yeah. right? Yeah. So this has been now 10 episodes that we've had to deal with the storyline. Roughly, right? Was was it episode 16 and 17 that was the fairy episode? I, I think so. I mean, it was like three episodes. It was a lot of episodes. It may have been before I, that, actually. It, I think it was 14, 15, 16 or yeah. something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but anyways, okay. Uh, speaking of socially social ineptitude, Lexi and Meredith. I yeah. want to circle back to that, that that you brought up. I want to also point out that I agree with Alex and Lexi is hot. <laughs> Much more attractive than Meredith. Oops, sorry. <laughs> just punch the microphone or something? No, I just dropped something. It's fine. No, it's fine. Everything's uh, fine. What? So tell me your thoughts without spoiling any of the hindsight with Lexi and Meredith's current relationship, the iteration that we're currently watching. It's kind of reminiscent to me of like early George, right? You're like, mm-hmm. okay, so... What about you am I supposed to like? Yeah. Um, it's, she's annoying. 
Uh, again, like me and you aren't huge Meredith fans, so it's not like I'm being like, oh, oh my God, poor Meredith, leave her alone. Although I do think in a work setting, like leave her alone for the love of yes. God. There's a time and a place and this is neither. And, and you've already shown <laughs> that you have no social awareness because of last episode with uh, the the emergency. You blocked the emergency yeah. entrances. I do like understand where she's coming from. Um, she's just lost her mother. I feel like we have to remember Susan was her mother. She's just lost her mother. And this could be coming as from like a point of desperation of like, I, I want more family to hang on to because I've just lost a core family member. And she told George that her plan was not to be here. She, her life has been uprooted and now she is here. So she's like, well, since I'm here, you know, maybe I can silver lining, like have a sister because her sister is like deployed or her husband's deployed. So her sister isn't there. I don't know if her, her, like her sister from Susan is also in town or if she's elsewhere, but her sister, I could could just see, um, the kind of desire to have more family, especially if Thatcher is in a bad place as previously mentioned. Uh, however, I feel like you have that opportunity. It's fine to want that, but it's immediately made, made clear to her that, that is not what Meredith wants. So then you just kind of have to accept that and move forward. There are other things for you. You still have your job. You still have other people you can form lasting and meaningful relationships with. And yeah, it's just not the vibe. And, but this whole interaction is also frustrating because again, not a, not a huge Meredith fan, but it also paints Meredith as like a garbage person. (laughs) It does. It does paint Meredith worse than I think that she is. I actually don't think Meredith is a bad person. No, I just don't find her enjoyable. Like I, I as a really main the, character. The I actually think that she is a good main character. It's just so much of her. Sorry, as a main character, not the main character. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to differentiate that. She's not a good the main character to me. She's a fine a main character, if that if that makes yeah. sense, and if we can all understand the enunciation and the differences there. Uh, most of my negative feelings for Meredith come from the her and Derek relationship. So I want to point that out, that Derek actually, I think, brings Meredith down in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. Meredith, I think, also brings Derek down in a lot of ways, because there's a lot of things that I do like about Derek, but none of them are Meredith. Uh, the thing that really frustrates me about the Lexi Meredith situation is we, and we talked, we've talked about this obviously because you and I have lived this where we find a familial relationship through friendship. Yeah. And I, I don't go to my family for family. If that makes sense to you listeners out there, uh, I go to my friends to be my family and, Maybe if Meredith was more in tune, maybe maybe she went to a therapy session <laughs> and God she, sakes. you know, got some healing of of her own. Maybe she mm-hmm. could have been an emotional in an emotional uh, stable, um, an emotionally stable enough position to say, Lexi, I am not going to be the family that you think you're looking for right now. And you know but, what sucks is if Susan hadn't died, they probably would have had like a great relationship. Maybe, but Susan dying and Thatcher spiraling, I think, is just going to alienate them from each other so much more. Um, 
which is the irony of it and and the bummer right. of it really um, yeah. but i i do agree that for us we have found and i think a lot of that is spoken to because of we were uh displaced from our families when we were living in florida and so like i mean my sister was there but other than that like everyone was still back in tennessee so uh I think that made it easier to find friends that become family. Uh, I am lucky that I also have a lot of family support, but I think what's interesting about Lexi is she had like a really stable family unit until, I don't know, like five weeks ago or whatever, like when Susan died and then Thatcher apparently became an alcoholic. And so her entire life is like disrupted and her mom is dead and her dad is no longer the person that he was before. So she's, I think, in a way, like flailing and trying to latch on to anything that could be reminiscent of like a stable nuclear family unit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and also that's Meredith because she's not the vibe. Yeah. She's nuclear, but in a different kind of way. Truly. Uh, but uh, I had a science teacher in, uh, in high school who pronounced it nuclear. That is. Um, one of my biggest pet. that's like a huge thing here because we have like nuclear plants here yeah and so there's so many people that say nuclear and i'm like i'm going to hit you in your face just look at the word look at the word once please um <laughs> uh, but uh i think meredith made it it was savage and it was mean but like later on in the episode when she says we don't have the same dad i really liked that scene because that was like yes awesome. it was in a way mean but it was also kind of just matter of fact it wasn't mean it just wasn't sugar-coated it was just like these are the facts and you need to look at it from where i'm coming from because like i appreciate i mean i think what she said is is accurate and how she explained it makes a lot of sense where she was like you are wrong we don't have the same dad because i didn't see my dad for 30 however many years and so yeah. like not he left when i was five and, and never, never came back. Yeah. And, and then uh, she also makes the point to say, um, uh, where, where is it? Um, you're not a girl that I ever wanted to have to know. Yeah. And that's very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. It is a bummer because they are. It's weird. I, this timeline just makes no sense. Um, because doesn't Lexi have an older sister? I think Molly's younger okay. and Lexi's right. older. Yeah, the okay, timeline I guess is that confusing. Makes... But there's at least five years of age between the two of them, even though there's one year of medical school between the two of them Yes, uh, in their status. And my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a, an official prediction here. Oh, okay. Lexi wears... Also, shout out to our, our one of our Patreon subscribers, Alicia, who uh, has hey become a friend of the show. The uh, get your Excel spreadsheet out, Alicia. <laughs> um, I'm officially predicting that by season four, episode six, Lexi will have broken down Meredith and will get a good interaction with Meredith. We're going to get a good scene. With Lexi and Meredith within the next four episodes. Um. Okay, within the next four episodes. I like that. Okay, so let's talk about... Do you have anything else <laughs> with Lexi that you can think of before we move on? Say that one more time. Do you have anything else about Lexi to add before we move on? 
Uh, yeah, fucking Christina's engagements with Lexi are <laughs> so good. If you got time to stand there or and stare, go get me some coffee or whatever also, she says. Bailey, like yelling at them, being like, "I don't fucking touch anything. You are garbage." And then she trips over the entire cart while standing still. Like that's a George thing. <laughs> and apparently, a, Izzy in this thing. episode too. Oh Izzy God. doesn't know how to physically function in that room with that like, guy and Callie. I guess Callie. after she had sex with George, she like just became him because she is like socially awkward, doesn't know how to talk to people, doesn't know how to shut the fuck up, doesn't know how to stand, doesn't know how to like doctor apparently. I don't know. It's just so stupid. I'm not it's I'm not into it. I'm over it. Um let's okay, so let's talk about the Izzy the Izzy thing a little bit more because this one was rough because for me, like at the very beginning when George goes to talk to Callie and she clearly has no idea that anything's wrong because, you know, two weeks ago they decided to just try to have a baby. And um, now, you know, he's podcast, like, John. Yeah. Now he's doing this, but she doesn't know. And she says, like, oh, is it serious? Like she has no idea what's going on. And it's just heartbreaking. And then obviously she and puts I think it he- together. He doesn't even get to answer it, right? Because no, like because, something happened and yeah, he couldn't even tell her it was serious. Yeah, comes up and is like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, meth dealers. But yeah, you can like the later on when her and Izzy are in surgery together and Izzy is like, oh, I think you're doing a good job as chief. And um, I know it's really hard, but like you're doing so good. Like I'm so proud of you. Oh my God, besties. And you can like see the moment in Callie's face yes. when she puts it together and her like life just shatters. And it's so heartbreaking. Also very impressive since she has on a mask and you can only see her eyes and you can still see all of those moments come together for her. It's insane and so sad. And then she kicks Izzy out of the OR and I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Also, I want to point just in that scene real quick. And I want to circle back to uh, the thing you, you asked us to talk about uh, in a second. But in that scene... Number one, who, who, what's the name of the, of the actor? What's their name? Uh, Sarah Ramirez. Sarah Ramirez. You are a wonderful <laughs> actor slash Truly. actress. You're, you're a wonderful Truly. them actor. And I knew, I knew Callie was going to fucking find out. But she... You've been slowly seeing the buildup in fleeting moments, and mm-hmm. it's just Izzy ruined it because you know that the only way she was ever going to be nice to Iz, uh, Callie is when she got her fucking way. Yeah, she gets her way. She's nice to Callie, and Callie's like, "Oh, <laughs> so you fucked my husband? Got it? Cool, casual. I asked yeah. you. I asked you to give him back to me, and instead, you've had sex with him." <laughs> Well, I think they had sex before that conversation. Yes, but Callie doesn't know that. Right, right, right. Um, also, on this note, when she is later on talking to Mark, um, and I'm I'm into Callie and Mark. Obviously, they've already boned, but I like that they've just scooted on past that, and they're just like got a working relationship now. <laughs> um, well, I think it's easy for Mark to respect people of authority. So, and she's the chief resident. So I think he's automatically like, well, you suck a little bit less than all these other plebs around here. Also, he had sex with her. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, 
But like when he asks her like what's going on and she says, Oh, all this stuff. And I think my husband's having an affair. And he's like, well, if that's the case, then he's an idiot and you need to talk to him in, you know, as an alternative to destroying your career, which is good advice. Yeah. Which makes you think, could he have been a good chief of surgery? We'll never know. (laughs) Maybe. Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? There's so many, there's so many more years for for him to have the opportunity. Um. What was yeah, the original also, question you asked? I, I derailed it, I think. Izzy and Callie and George and oh, just fuck. like the moment where you can see Callie like put it all together in the OR. It's just a heartbreak of a moment. It is. Um, do you want to throw out a Callie prediction? A Callie-George-Izzy yes. prediction. Uh, yes. I predict that George will tell Callie <laughs> next episode... <laughs> Yeah, that end scene where he's, like, ready to tell her and she, like, almost cries and is like, please, just don't. Just do me this one thing, please. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a sad scene. She's just yeah. had the uh, worst day of her career, probably. It's um, just uh, one of those <laughs> things where I don't understand it fully because uh, how do you go home with that? I know, right? You have to just go sit. They and they don't even have like rooms to hide in. They have a hotel room. A hotel, but like, do you just go? Like, you like, you rub her back? Like, you, I guess. You go fuck. Like, what do you Probably do? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not that one. <laughs> Probably just go and go to sleep and like order some room service and go to sleep. But like, not talk about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> until then, or like, anything, just literally uh, sit in silence. That's what I don't understand. Um, what? Uh, so okay, but they'll 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 talk next episode. The thing is, is George and Izzy aren't going to end up together. And if you're going to cheat on your wife or fiance or partner long term of I don't know nine years, the person you cheat on them with, you should want to see a future like a marriage with them. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm a dreamer. I don't know. know. Maybe I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Are you familiar with that song? Oh, yeah. Have you you seen Dinner for Schmucks? No. There's a scene where uh, it's Steve Carell and Paul Rudd. Yeah. And Steve Carell goes, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. And Paul Rudd (laughs) goes, that's... You didn't make that up, and that's not the end of the sentence. And he goes, "No," I'm, and Steve Carell's like, "No, I've made that. Up. I made that up." I'm pretty sure I said that first. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think if you cheat on someone, it has you have to then see that another thing through into a relationship. I think uh, it the for me personally, if. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to-be-read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. 
And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. If I broke a relationship up, I would want to try to give it some validity to be like, I haven't done this for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Right. But it's hard to move past that, I guess, as a, on a decision basis. So it is what it is. And you just kind of like see, see what happens. So, I mean, the thing is, they're all still going to work there when this comes to light. Well, so. that we know of. Okay, so what's your prediction? Because <laughs> you already predicted Callie was going to leave. Because she I wasn't going to get chief resident. <laughs> well, okay. There's a possibility that another prediction could have maybe been perceived as incorrect about the chief resident thing. You mean I you think that... It was, <laughs> wasn't going to be Callie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I predict that Callie is going to leave the show after... Uh, she says that after after George tells her and uh, maybe the bodyguard from Genovia comes back and like <laughs> yells at him for a minute. Um, but uh, it's. I don't know. Because paired because I think they're also setting it up as like she's not doing a good job at the chief resident thing to where she doesn't feel like she has anything to stay for, like no reason mm-hmm. to stay. Yeah. Uh, but I. It's been one day. She's been the chief resident for one canonical day. I don't think that's true at all. Two episodes. One episode. She's been a she's been a chief resident for one. Seventeen days. Remember how the first episode was seventeen days. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. The wedding. You're right. I forgot that. Um. Anyways, uh, that's fine. The timeline on this show means nothing, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else with them. Oh, let's talk about Mark. Yeah. Mark, good episode for Mark. Good episode for Mark. Hopefully coming back around to the Derek thing. He kind of seemed like he was there for him. Also kind of seemed like he was hitting on Meredith, but what are you going to do? Old habits die hard, I guess. Um, (laughs) well, when she's just so hot, you have to hit on her. Well, and he just has to sleep with whoever Derek sleeps with, I guess. Yeah. It's like an impulse. Um, uh, speaking of addiction. Uh, and so, yeah, good episode for him with Callie. I like their dynamic. Also, all of his glares at Izzy for being stupid is incredible. <laughs> like, did you become a was, doctor today? Dumb? Like, can I help you? Like, I don't. Why are you so dumb? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the end scene with with him and Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's like, I have, an, I, have a, I have a problem. I'm admitting that. 
Uh, yeah. But also, when he's like, hey, Meredith, let's go to Joe's. Derek <laughs> said he's with a patient. And then he's basically not even out of the shot yet. And Derek's like, hey, hey, Meredith, I'm right, I'm right here. You think that she would have been like, well, oh, uh, wow, that was fast. Wrapped up You're a liar, Mark. <laughs> Mark, what the fuck? <laughs> he's right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you think she would have been at least been like, oh, okay, so you don't have to stay with your patient or whatever. You yeah. you you've took care of it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Mark Mark is objectively a funny person in mm-hmm. this show. Uh, I'm willing and, to give him a chance to have a hero arc and a beautiful person. He's a good looking guy. He's he's fine. He really is. So true. He's fine. No, no, he's like he's okay. He's fine. Oh, you're so wrong. If Mark had hair as good as Derek, he'd be a 10. Just but like he me. has a smile that blows Derek's out of the water. I don't know about and hair, that. Hair falls out. Those those teeth, they're permanent. <laughs> those teeth fall <laughs> out <adult> too. <laughs> Not always. Oh, Dentures are man. better than a comb over. You know teeth <laughs> that's uh teeth the new diamonds teeth the new hair <laughs> hair the new feces what <laughs> why why would you do that why are you like this uh, fuck i can't even say it's because of the daytime chaos it's uh it's nighttime it's nighttime we're I'm back in our done. element i'm almost done with my milkshake um, okay, there's like a whole part of this episode that we haven't talked about, and yeah, it's the I patients. Was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, now, now once we've wrapped up all of our characters, we have to get into the patients of it, because they fucking... It's too much. It's too much. to. Yeah. I was like, I had to stop this episode a lot and like walk away and do other things, because it was really hard to watch and hard to like listen to that baby cry. Yeah. And like think about the reasoning behind it. And I understand obviously it's fictional, but there are certain things that like just thinking about the reality of those situations is like heartbreaking because like, yes, this is a show, but that doesn't mean this has never happened before. Right. Yeah. No, it's and that's the part that there's every bit of this show I'm sure is off of there's something that has inspired it. And that's the sad part. Um, There is two things that I want to talk about. And I also do want to make sure that we uh before we get into the care, the uh, the other actor part, the other the the, the patient part, we don't want to forget living in Shondaland. Um, oh, right. So, number one, I want to talk about <coughs> Christina keeping all the presents and her interactions with trading them away to people because that's yes, fucking hilarious. To get things for herself. And then uh, I wanted to point out the, the Mark and Derek conversation where he says the horizontal mambo. Uh, horizontal. Yes, because yeah. Mark says the horizontal salsa. Yeah. No. Yes, he says yes. salsa, and Derek corrects him to mambo. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was the Bailey and Alex scene. So those are the two things that I wanted to talk about. So do you have any thoughts yeah. specifically on those? Um. Well, I was gonna get to Alex within this patient. Okay, web. we can circle back on that. Um, but any other yes. Christina Stan comments you want to make? Uh, I love her. She's an angel and a queen. And I loved that it ended on her sitting in the apartment alone. And now she's like, it's like, it's hers because all of his stuff is gone. Like she's just there on her own now. 
Also, I do want to touch on when Mama Burke leaves and she says he's never coming back, not even to say goodbye. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Mm. Rough, rough. I hope when he ultimately kingdom. comes back and does a cameo seasons later that they get a goodbye. Um, the key. Just running through my notes really quick. I think that's it. Yeah. I agree with you that her interactions with Lexi are very funny and numbering them. Um, yeah. Okay. Mark also got a good scene where he's trading. He, they traded for the, what's the coffee maker, the espresso, the espresso machine. machine. Yeah. Which is funny and true to form since he was like so obsessive about everyone getting him coffee when he first showed up. Yeah. I also thought Izzy was very funny when she was like begging for that KitchenAid mixer, basically. So she Give can just bake shit. <laughs> I, I need, need to, to have muffins. this for my for my next trauma baking session. <laughs> my my fiance death muffins. Yeah, when this person that I convinced to uh, cheat on his wife with, uh, and then tell them that I love them, and really lean into their mistake of a marriage for like sixteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he breaks up with me, ultimately, I'm going to need to bake something. So I just need this right now, please. You think it's going to be uh, George that breaks up with Izzy? Is that your official prediction? When their relationship, because you have said they don't end up together. So when their relationship inevitably ends, you think it will be because George ends it. Official prediction? Yes. Yes. Okay. George George is going to break up with Izzy. It's not not even going to be a breakup because there's they're never going to get into a relationship. Because they have no chemistry. Well, they have chemistry. Let me listen. There was that scene when they just like walked into a room. The door was open, the blinds were open, and they were like ready to grab each other's genitals right in that room. And I'm like, guys, the subtlety people, is not there. There's no subtlety. How has no one caught them? In this show, no one is getting caught ever, except that one time with Burke and Christina. And that's it. One time in four seasons so far. Catch well, more when people. Callie, when Callie kind of caught Derek and Meredith at the prom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Coming out of after the fucking. Only two in all of this is shenanigans since they're all just having sex at the hospital all the time. I agree. All the fucking time. Um, I feel like there was one other Izzy thing. Oh, the stupid opening scene where George leaves and she just goes, oh, he loves me too. Bitch, who fucking cares? It's George O'Malley. It's not like it's a good person. Yeah. Like, why is this what we're celebrating? I just hate it so much. It's not like it's one of the other O'Malley brothers. It's really not class like it's act literally people. anybody worth your time. <laughs> Although it's not like I really think her time is worth anything either. So she's, you know, she, sometimes when we do this podcast and I shit talk 90% of the characters and then I'm like, but I love this show so much. I'm like, this is confusing to people. I really do love this show, but I also think a lot of these people are garbage. But that's okay. That makes it compelling because you know what? Real humans are garbage. Well, except for us. We're incredible. Uh, no, we're garbage. In a, in a kind of an incredible kind of way, though. In an endearing way. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, Shonda, the the best part about her writing and her character development is she makes shitty people lovable. Like, yeah. look at every single character on How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> Yeah. And like you're still rooting for Asher and uh um uh, Michaela. No, Michaela 
to get together. You're still rooting for them to get together, and well, they're both what's interesting garbage. interesting about them, but they make each other better. That's what's different yes. about them. We haven't really... I don't think we've seen that yet so much in this show, where people are... Because I know you said a lot that Burke made Christina better, but I think he just made her, like, completely different, which is not really the same thing. Like, there's a difference between being the best version of yourself and completely changing who you are when you're with someone else. And I think that's a fine line. And uh, one of them is good and one of them is less good. So can you explain which one is which, please? Uh, Yes. When you completely change who you are for another person, it's bad. Oh, that's the less good one. (laughs) That's the less good one. Got it. Um, On that note, we will take a small break now for everyone's favorite segment. Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. This episode, we have two men uh well i know for sure one of them is that (laughs) uh cat scan guy because he's dominic from how to get away with murder yes and he's also in uh the good doctor yes i saw that on um on the imdbs when i was googling this the imdba um the other one is for sure, without a doubt, no way I can possibly be wrong. The meth dad. Yes. Yes. Oh man, I had to speak that into existence. You it was either really him or the that. the old guy. You really manifested that. Gosh. I love that for you. Well done. Thank I'm you. proud thank of you. you. I'd like to, I'd like to take a moment to thank the academy. Um, I'd like to uh, give a a big shout out to my my co host Kelsey. Oh, um, thank you. She deserves that. Without, without without her, I would just be sitting at home, shitting on Grays, knowing nothing about the show, uh, and I probably would have no content popping up on my news feed because I would never have searched any Grays-related things. Uh, and with that... Good night. The 2022 season has come to an end. What a fun sound clip. Yeah, it is a good one. Did you see the reel that I posted with Marlo? Yes, it was so cute. Oh, at like 2 a.m.? It took me like 48 minutes to do. Yeah. Well, I made that end of the season one and it also took me a long time to do. I don't think I saw that one. I'll take, oh, oh yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, no, that, that, no, that was cute. That was a cute one. You oh tagged me in it. Yes. Cause Marlo's in it. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Anyways. So Brennan Elliott, who plays Dave Kistler, who is the math dad. Um, he was in one episode of private practice, so we should be seeing him over there. Uh, and Nicholas Gonzalez, who was Clark West, was Dominic in five episodes of How to Get Away with Murder. And when I saw that, I was like, really? Only five? But you know what? It's because I get him confused with Xavier because they're like in the same loop yeah. of the Laurel, the Laurel yeah, storyline. Yeah, yeah. So I get I get their storylines confused because they do the same shit. They're both henchmen, basically. It's true. And the the king of all the henchmen in that show was was Frank. He was the best. Oh, so I love good. Frank. Talk about a shitty person that you love. Ugh, Frank is not a shitty person. Frank is easily one of the top two worst people on that show. To quote Izzy, just because people do horrible things doesn't mean they're horrible people. Okay. All right. Everyone, you need <laughs> to soundbite that clip because Kelsey just used an Izzy Stevens quote for her own defense. Yeah, they gave Izzy a good line. (laughs) 
They're going to give sucks. Derek a good line too <laughs> at some point. They gave Derek a good line in this episode. I what thought that his conversation with Mama Burke was good when he oh, was yeah, like right. having some fucking self-realization of like when she said, oh, that wouldn't be good enough for you either. You'd walk away and he was like, mm, no. <laughs> uh. I love I do love some self-awareness. What irks me about self-awareness is when you have the self-awareness and no actionable pieces to put behind it to correct it. What burks me about self-awareness is nice. um yeah, thank you. That's all. That's all I just wanted to say that. Um okay, so let's get into the patients. So this is a fucking shit show of patients. This is a bad one. But what's interesting about this is they're all related. Like there's no outlier of patients in this episode. Um, There's really just the, the five that come in. So it's the, the couple that was cooking meth, their son, their guy that was there buying drugs and their under, under stairs neighbor. Downstairs. I think is the normal person way of saying (laughs) the the Harry Potter neighbors. (laughs) Sorry. The I don't know that took me a second it. to be like oh wait no that doesn't make it's sense understairs okay <laughs> so they come in there's been an explosion um the woman was in the kitchen something exploded the dad and the baby were in the living room the other the buy, guy buying the drug deal buying the drugs i guess was also leaving the apartment and then the neighbor was in his apartment living his life trying to just be a person as one does when you have an apartment yeah and so, um, you know, again, everything with the baby was like really hard to watch. I mentioned I had to kind of stop and take a lot of breaks because it was just like really st- stressful to think about. Um, think about thinking about a baby going through withdrawals was like very upsetting to me. And I, I mentioned before, I don't think I've watched this one since I've had kids. And uh, it's just like not not good there's nothing pleasant about it it it, there were some plot holes that i didn't fully get uh why now was the baby going through withdrawal do they never take the baby out the guy said that he goes on picnics with them does the baby not just cry uncontrollably when they're on picnics i think you can go through like you can have time where you're not high you just and then you have the urge to get high so like people who are addicts aren't high 24 hours a day to my obviously I don't know I'm speaking from a place of assumption um like if you use drugs you use them and then you're high for a while and then especially people who are pretty high functioning can still go out and do things and then they hit that wall where they have to have more of drugs or alcohol or whatever it is that they need um but I do think you have that window of like being not in withdrawal So the baby must have gone through a period where it's like the baby has some sort of response, probably to the trauma of I need I need meth. And that's why the baby's crying and then has a stroke. Ugh, yeah, I just really hate it. I hate it. Um, Did was there was there something specific? I I kind I didn't watch back over this, but was there something specific that Alex was like, do a talk screen? Was there something that he yeah, saw? So he picks up the baby yeah, um, to try and comfort the baby. And he smells m- drugs basically on this child. So I think we can assume from Alex's background where he says like, basically he was raised in a bar that he's probably been around some unsavory type of people who maybe had these types of things around him. So he would maybe recognize the smell. 
Um, so that's when he tells his intern to run the talk screen is because he smelled meth on this child, which is unsettling. Very unsettling. And then like, I was very conflicted because like, obviously I would never wish that on any parent. Um, and it's hard to be like, like you don't want to be like, well, you got yours because them getting theirs is the kid having a stroke. So it's like, you don't want the consequence of the shitty, like irresponsibility to, to come out on the child, but that's how it broke down. Right. Like you want, if you're, if you make a bad decision, I don't go, well, man, I hope something bad happens to someone else so that you, you feel bad about that decision. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like the thought process is you make a bad decision, you face the consequences. Um, and like, yes, you do have to face the consequence of this thing happening to someone else because of you, but they're the one that's suffering. Right. Which is just like, obviously it's an unintended consequence. These people didn't think it through. They didn't think about the ramifications of cooking meth in the apartment with the tiny baby. Like they were like, we just won't have him in the kitchen and it'll be fine. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was, it was a hard one. It was a hard one to watch. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to like really harp too much on this devil's advocate thing, but if it seems like listening to the story from the other, the older gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like they were good parents to the kid. Yeah. And they, what he said, he lost his job. They yeah. needed money. This is a Walter White situation. Did you right? watch Breaking Bad? I was actually going to mention that because I, I, I watched did watch first, it all the way through. I watched the first like six episodes of Breaking Bad. It was just fine. I, I just didn't care enough to go back and watch it. Maybe uh, this could be a show where we go back and rewatch it again. Uh, maybe I give it a real a real effort this time around. I just didn't like it enough the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um I don't know. To be devil's advocate here, they were trying to get money to support their child. It was just an unintended uh, consequence that the kid was getting addicted to the meth because of all that. But also they were doing something like damningly illegal, like terrible. (laughs) Terribly Uh, illegal. Um, And I, I mean, I'm not like I do agree that they didn't they weren't making this decision like, well, we're going to cook meth. Fuck this kid. Um, th- they were stupid, obviously, because they right. thought it would be fine. No one, yeah, we all um, we all agree they, they were stupid. It, they didn't wish ill on the child. They didn't make this choice thinking, "Well, I'm going to do this and fuck this kid." But like, it's still obviously wildly irresponsible. They're going to go to jail. This child has had a stroke, so like, God knows what the ramifications on that are. I mean, Christina, like offhand mentions to the mom at the end, like, "Oh, the surgery went well," but like, we don't know what that means. It's a one year old who just had a stroke, like. Yeah, that's that kid's life is fucked forever. Basically, that's terrifying. Yeah, you just don't know what that means. I mean, I will say a lot of the things that you have to like relearn after this, after having a stroke, are also things that like one year olds learn. So potentially, it could be okay. Um, Again, Christina said the surgery went well. I just don't know what that means. Um, And obviously, Izzy mentions like the grandmother is going to come and take custody of the kid, but. It's a truly heartbreaking situation and drug drugs are bad. And speaking of Christina, when she explains that to the mom, like towards the end and it's very, it's very blunt and it's very matter of fact. And she's like, 
when she was going and she was touching the uh, the the oxygen in the nose, I was like, mm-hmm. Christina, you about to kill this bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to yeah, kill? She like, it was weird because it was like it was both somehow sympathetic and no sympathy simultaneously. Yes, yes, it's very impressive. Uh, Sandra, oh, great job! I know it's it's really quite good. She's quite good, quite good. Um, okay, so the older gentleman who was the downstairs neighbor, obviously we feel for him. He has no idea that this is happening. He loves these people. Um, he also, you know, they, he is kind of the mirror for Mark in this episode to be like, oh, you know, maybe we will be seeing more of Mark because they're really giving him some, some quality one-on-ones with these patients where he was like, uh, the guy's telling him like, don't stay a bachelor forever. You know, it's not worth it. And someday your penis will stop working. And Mark goes, Oh, well, they have medicine for that. And the guy goes, well, do they have medicine for that all alone part? <laughs> no. Mark has for all of his flaws and his dickish attitude has always had really good relationships with his patients. Yes, I don't think I've ever said anything bad at all about his, uh, there was patient the one bedside um, manner. It wasn't really bedside manner. Oh, the one where the guy like burnt his face off on accident and he like didn't know how to comfort him. So Bailey stepped in and comforted Bailey the stepped guy. in. Yeah. But he, he didn't, he wasn't like being a dick. He was just kind of taken aback by the need to comfort him basically. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited uh, to see more of the, the Mark engagement with his, with his patients. Uh, because yeah, he, he does, you can see that Mark has a heart. He just also doesn't care who he fucks, which is fine. Yeah. Because the thing about Mark is that I found um, interesting is like, yes, he cheated on Addison, but I also at the same time believe he did really want to be with her. He is just, we are led to believe never like had a successful relationship, so he couldn't maintain it. He tried. I mean, Addison says that he tried and he just like, was Mark about it and ended up sleeping with someone else. So what will that look like for him in the show moving forward? Will there be someone who will make it worth his while to like keep it in his pants? Who's to it say? was Addison. Well, it wasn't, that was, I mean, I guess until Addison slept with Alex, we were meant to believe that. But in this episode, he says that he's been sleeping with nurses that's not a problem. That's an adventure. He oh, says. Great quote. Great quote. <laughs> uh, what if, what if Mark and Callie end up together? Mark and they Callie. Already had sex. You they want them to have sex again? But like eternally with a wedding ring. Eternally. Well, eternally. Okay. So real quick, she's going to leave the show. In like and be Mark's off-screen off wife. Her and Mark are going to be married. Just to clarify the predictions. Listen, they just come to me. I can't control mm-hmm. all of them, okay? That's for sure. Um, no, I don't think that Mark and Callie are actually going to get together in marriage. But maybe they, will, <laughs> maybe they will bang again. Maybe they'll bang. Spite bang. Like, listen, you want to really... Stick it to that George guy. Let me stick it to you. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell me that he wouldn't actually uh, say that. 
Just sometimes the Kelsey's broken is, is less than desirable. Wait, what? Sometimes the phrasing you use is less than desirable. Listen, I anyways, um, I was glad that the old man lived. Yes, because I would have been very upset if he had also died. Um, obviously Clark, our good friend Clark, died uh, because he uh, did a lot of drugs and then was in a traumatic situation and his heart gave out. So that was a bummer. Also, because he was going through withdrawal. Yeah, I'm glad that. Who was the older gentleman's name? What is it? What's his name again? It's like Mr. Roche. Mr. Roche. Uh, it's not often that I think Shondaland spares the collateral damage people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, I'm glad that they did because he didn't yeah. deserve to die. He He's going to be lonely. Uh, yeah. But I think that uh, in, in his off screen world, he'll get to see the kids still and be hopefully hope a pivotal so. role of the child's life. And I hope that grandma knows that. I also hope that. Um, so Alex's role in all of this is obviously he's with the dad and the baby. The dad has like, I don't know, maybe some burns on his arm, like minimal to no injuries. And Alex puts this all together, figures out what's going on, calls the cops, calls social services, um, and is meant to just kind of wait it out. Uh, and he understandably does not have the patience for that and screams at this man for being a garbage parent. Um, And so the guy in fear, first of all, is already panicking because he doesn't know if his wife is going to live. He is now is afraid that his son is going to get taken from him. So he decides what is best is to punch Alex and take his child and run away. So Alex has to have stitches on his head, then talk to the police or whatever. And then he and Bailey are watching the surgery on the child. And this is when we get such a good Bailey and Alex scene. We haven't had one in a long time and I love it. Love her so much. She's having a hard time, right? She's got a a clinic full of interns that she hates. She bullies Meredith into going over by saying like, remember that time I saved your life. Could you just do me this solid? If Um, ever was, there was a time where you felt like you wanted to cash in that IOU. If there was one, now is the time. If I ever did anything for you, like, I don't know, save your life. (laughs) Um, uh, Yes. So, her and Alex are also, I feel like Bailey is on this back and forth where she's kind of feeling like a little bit of joy in her heart, watching Callie not succeed at chief resident, but she's also sad about it. It's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to be right. Like you still want the hospital to do well, but like, you're like, yeah. well, should have been me would have been great. If I was there, we've all been there. Am I right? Oh yeah. Um, so sometimes it ends with us getting unemployed though. A little bit. And so uh, she is used to being this authority figure that everyone comes to. And in a way, she still has been, but she doesn't actually have the full authority to back it up. Um, So when Alex does this and and Alex says, like, you can yell at me. And she says, it's not my job anymore. And then it escalates. And she does. She does yell at him. And then he says he thanks her. And she says, no, thank you. (laughs) Because he's like glad that someone has berated him. And she is glad that she has been able to berate somebody. There's there's this scene in uh, Scrubs where basically they're it's Carla. She's she's the the head nurse. She's one of the main characters in the show. And uh, basically it comes up where they're like, yeah, 
you get to make fun of everyone, but no one gets to make fun of you. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then basically by the end of the episode, she just goes off on everyone. She's like, she holds it in. She holds it in. And then she goes off on everyone. And then she's like, Oh, I'm like shaking. That feels so good. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that. And Bailey physically hits him. She's, yeah. she's socking him. <laughs> and, it. uh, it's I think Bailey also is going through a lot where every mistake that these residents now residents are making, she feels directly responsible for. And yeah. it's a lot for one person to carry. And it's it's not fair, but that's the kind of person that she is. It's the, the character that they've developed for her. Um, they haven't given us that vibe with Callie yet. And I think that's where I see a lot of the tension between them is she knows that to be a good chief of chief resident, you need to have that desire to teach and command people's respect in that way. And Callie just hasn't shown us that she has that. Um, so I think there is a lot of emotion that Bailey's feeling, um, but it is a really good scene with her and Alex as, as that comes through to a close. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So is there anything else you want to mention before we, before we close out the app? Uh, let me just take a quick scan through my notes here. Um, I did want to uh, note that like at the end of the episode, Lexi is in the locker room and she is crying. And I think that's kind of just a culmination of everything we've mentioned. Like her mother very recently died probably within the last two months. Uh, or month, really, I guess probably within the last month. And her dad's an alcoholic now. She's trying to find this bond. She's not finding this bond. She's not really, like, excelling at her job. She's not ter- terrible at her job, but she's not really excelling at her job. Um, So she's sad. And then it, and then that's also when we see Derek, who is also sad, but in another room. <laughs> yeah. Just sad in other rooms. Uh, Two things I want to mention. Uh, number one, Weber is being a bit harsh on Callie. Mm-hmm. As she transitions into this new role, and we see him being a good leader to a lot of people, you haven't mm-hmm. really seen him be a good leader to Callie yet. So yeah, well, you know, we didn't talk about Weber in this episode. He keeps saying he wants to delegate. He wants to delegate. He wants to do things differently this time around. And I wonder if part of why he was such a great leader to everyone is because he was a hundred percent there and giving nothing outside of the hospital. And now that he's trying to like, um cut down his time and like have an outside life. He's, he's part of his leadership skills are slacking and leaving something to be desired because of that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. He just expects anyone stepping into a leadership position to be able to do it without any guidance because he's really, he has these expectations from her. And I, it's kind of one of those things where maybe if with just a little bit of guidance, she would be doing great, but you know, he hasn't really that we've seen. He hasn't really said specifically do X, Y, and Z. He's just been like, do the stuff. Well, be chief resident. Yeah. And in the nicest way possible to any of our, uh, healthcare professionals out there, I assume that doctors and nurses are some of the hardest people in the world to lead because everyone thinks they know everything. Mm -hmm. And Weber isn't, teaching Callie how to navigate that but also mm-hmm. we haven't seen any any emotional intelligence or trust building from Callie to these people yeah 
So and there's also, Callie is having a terrible personal life situation. Yeah. As well. So she's just having a hard time. Really set up for failure. Um, so that was the first thing I wanted to say. The other thing I wanted to say specifically, uh, calling back on some notes was back to the, the mama Burke and Christina scene mm-hmm. where, uh, I don't know if you had said this cause I was looking through notes to try to talk, but when she says, uh, remember you're a strong woman, yeah, but strong women don't get closure mm-hmm. and it's savage. And, uh, in this world in general, you don't always get closure. Yeah. Sometimes you get left at the altar with no closure. Sometimes you get ghosted by people. Sometimes you get cheated on. Sometimes someone dies. Sometimes any Mm -hmm. one of a thousand things and you never get closure. Um, But I wanted to make sure that I called that because I think that that quote in general is just very powerful. And it's interesting that of all the people on the show, not super interesting, but it's not interesting in like a weird way. It's interesting in like a, this is what the writers are calling out. Yeah. That, Christina's character is the one that that's getting called out to. But, and she's basically saying in a way, like, don't get hung up on this. Don't let this make you not who you are. It's just, this is what it is. It's time and you can move on from it. Yeah. That was the last thing I wanted to say. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think that was all it. Oh, do you have anything prediction wise on, um, Weber and Adele? Um, we're, we're going to see her in person next episode. Okay. Season four, episode uh, three, <laughs> excuse you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to see Adele. Adele's going to come into the hospital and go, Richard Weber, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. I think that was the only, well, I mean, anything with Derek and Meredith you want to say. Mm, done. I hate it. I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 hear that. We hear you rolling your eyes. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the storyline. I, mean, I I I can't I can't stress this enough. The storyline is dumb. I'm tired yeah. of it. Just be broken up now. Yeah. Your sex and mockery aside, which is in itself funny, <laughs> isn't enough. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, I think that was it. Any other predictions you want to throw in there about anybody? Uh, I predict that everyone listening to this podcast is going to have a great week and uh, is going to give us a five-star review. Yeah. I want that too. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So cool. Let's rate it. What is your rating? Uh, This episode is a resident point seven two. Resident 3.72. Shut up. I was doing resident point eight. Just, we're so wow. in sync. I just sometimes I love it. Sometimes a lot yeah. of times I hate it, but sometimes I love it. <laughs> Most of the times you love it. Don't lie. I do. I do love it a lot. Uh, I just like harassing you. Yes. It's and secretly I like to be harassed. It makes I me know that so. you care. Um, it's, it's my love language. <laughs> harassment. Yeah. Uh, and not like the sexual kind. Just genuinely, nope. just being just like mean being and mean, judgy, but not yeah. in like a mean way. Not in a way that drives me to want to harm myself. It's like you still Aw. want to be my friend, right? All right. It's fine. Um, and <laughs> I annoy you in return, making you want to not harm yourself all the time. But you well, make no, me make want, to, be me want to harm you. Yeah, which is the same thing, basically. Uh, yeah, the episode was just okay. Um, I think the biggest reveal when they were when 
they find out and they reveal it's a meth lab. Obviously, mm-hmm. like what a fucking meth lab. Yeah. Um, because there's really nothing too big that leads up to that where you're not like, yeah, oh, like something uh mysterious as a foot here until yeah. that's revealed. Um, because I thought for a second that maybe when they were doing the tox screen, I thought maybe it was like carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, my mind didn't go to drugs. Right. Um, so yeah, that was the big thing. There wasn't a big reveal. Uh, all of the people who should have died, died. Um, and the people who should have lived, lived, I guess not all the people who should have died, died because the parents probably, well, no, the only, the, the, the drug user died. Let's you know? not say okay. that everyone who uses drugs should die. That's okay. <laughs> Let me clarify. <laughs> the people who were the villains in this episode were treated as villains. And the people who were heroes in this episode were treated as heroes is what I'm trying to say. Okay. I, I would have been. It's fine. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I'm glad <laughs> Mr. Roche didn't die is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Okay. I'm also glad for that. Um, and I'm glad that the kid didn't die. Like if the yes. kid would have died, I would have been disappointed. Oof. Yeah. Uh, it would have been, I think that would have actually taken it up to a four because it would have been shock factor. Yeah, for sure. But, but I don't know I that been I would have been able to get through the episode. No, I would have been upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to be clear, to be clear, drug users should not die. There are, uh, two recovering heroin addicts in my family. Uh, I have friends who are recovering alcoholics, uh, Drug users and drug dealers do not deserve to die. Let's be clear also, there's so a lot you. of resources I've been seeing online recently about um, ending overdose, uh, accidental overdose. And there are these things now, like, because there's so much fentanyl, like, laced in a lot of drugs that people don't realize. Um, they basically have, like, little test strips that you can test uh, at base. I think, any drug before you use it to see if it has laced with fentanyl, which is crazy. That, that exists but you can use you can get those and then they're also recommending that like their people like have narcan on hand because like i guess you can kind of inject it i don't that could be wildly wrong i think you can inject it similarly like that you can with like an EpiPen or a glucagon um and so yeah these are just things i've seen online about ending overdose um accidental overdose uh because i agree i don't think that drug users sh- should just die like people right i also i also do not think drugs should be as criminalized as they are it's, it's ridiculous not all drugs i think meth should be very criminalized mm, i mean i it's, it's addiction is like a whole thing it's it's it is what it's just like a it's a rabbit hole topic it's not and, black and white it's it's no, it's no, all it's gray. very very gray area yes for sure but yes i think you and i both uh know people who have struggled with addiction and recovery in our lives. So I think again, yeah, to, to your point, it's definitely not black and white. And I think a lot of people, especially people who've maybe never known someone who've dealt with any kind of addiction struggles will paint it as like a very black and white situation. But once you known people that have, have been in the, in that situation, you definitely don't, don't see it that way, but yes, it's a heavy episode. Yeah. And I'm glad uh, the baby didn't die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why, why did you give it, why would you have given it a 3.8? Um, I love the Mama Burke stuff and all the scenes, um, that she's in with people and how that 
kind of gives the audience closure with the Burke thing. Obviously she explicitly says to Christina, you don't get closure. So maybe she's talking to the audience. You don't get closure. Um, but that's a good I point think, of view. I'm, I'm glad I, you said that. I, I love all the scenes she has. Uh, and I actually like, I truly really like that scene with her and Derek because as much as I don't like Derek, from a relationship standpoint, I don't think that he was like a garbage friend. Like I think he was a pretty good friend to Burke. Um, and they were there for each other, especially because they were like bonded because of Christina and Meredith having their bond. And then they were bonded in a way because of that as well. Um, so I don't think he's necessarily like a shitty friend. I just like, uh, hate him. (laughs) So it was, I was sad that he lost his one singular friend who could potentially have like helped him get his shit together. Um, but yeah, I really, I just love the Mama Burke stuff. And uh, I, I am glad that Callie has become aware of the, like has assumed awareness of the Izzy and George situation. Uh, I feel, I feel for her. Um, I love Bailey in this episode. I love when she also, when she says to George later, like in that, She's like, some things, O'Malley, some things do not need to be said. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I love her. Um, Lexi is annoying, but it's a necessary plot point. I think she is annoying, but she is written to be annoying, which is different than Derek being annoying to me specifically when he is written to be like a prince. And I just don't feel that way. I really um, don't feel annoyed by Lexi. I find her very annoying. And I remember watching this and being like, you are annoying. <laughs> so I don't know. I just see her as awkward. I, like, I see her as like, I think it's valid. It's not like, see, I feel like it's a little bit different than the George stuff because she's annoying, but I still, I'm like, I could find you likable, but like, I, I don't currently. Um. Well, her obsession with Meredith is not based on meeting and putting your foot in your mouth for 30 seconds and going, I yeah. love this person. She's now the center of my world. Yeah. It's my family life is broken. Crumbling. Yeah. I need family. And you're yeah. physically, we're blood. Like we are blood. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I, I'm, but it was a fine episode. I'm curious yeah. what this season holds. They've started it with a couple of good plot twists. Uh, see, and this is this is the writers the writers strike year. Yes, so there's only 17 in this so in this season. We're in for a roller coaster, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. A lot lot to lot to accomplish in those 17 episodes. So excited to see where we go from here. Do you have anything else to say to our friends before we depart? No, let's depart. Let's go to sleep. Oh, yes, please. Okay. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Again, this is like a different structure. So if you hated it, please write in to tell us because otherwise we're probably going to do a couple more this way. And if you loved it, please write in to tell us and we will probably do a couple more this way. Um, So uh, and please keep sharing us on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and just tell all your friends and family, please, please, please. We really appreciate it. And we want to be able to keep keep bringing more content and the more people that listen, the more ability we will have to be able to do that. Um, so thank you guys so much. And remember if you see Carmen walking down the street, say hello, but don't spoil the show. No spoilies, please. I think it's enough rhyming, right? That was such a good rhyme. Say hello and don't spoil the show.
I love that. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Uh, And we'll see you all in the next one.